Good morning, everyone. I just want to start by saying a couple of words about our collective situation in our lives right now. And we've had this interesting juxtaposition, this combination of events, the coronavirus and the shelter in place and everyone secluding themselves and turning inwards a little bit more. And the time away from our usual experiences and work and how, how we engage in the world. And, uh, and then there's the, the protests that have come in the last few weeks that really speak to a deep, a very deep uh, oppression of black and brown people in our country. And that external movement you know, the movement to engage, the movement to speak and act towards justice, towards change of conditions. And I think it's not an accident that these two things happened in a way together, the the movement inward, the seclusion, in some ways creating the conditions for this um, connection outwards that the, uh, the fact that people were in such a different place allowed people to be more available have the, have the conditions, have the videos, have the, have the, um, the situation of George Floyd's murder and the various other, uh, Ahmed Aubrey's murder, um, the video with Amy Cooper, have those hit so deeply because we weren't engaged with all of our other things. I think that's a condition for the engagement, for the heart opening. And so to me, this really speaks to the interplay, the dance between inward and outward, internal and external. The, the interplay between looking inward to what's happening inside and engagement outwards. And so I just wanted to, to speak to that because we're taking this time, this week, these days to, um, to engage with an inward exploration, but it's not separate from looking uh, outwards, you know, looking at the conditions in our own mind, looking at these conditions in our own mind has an effect on how we engage outwardly. And it's not separate the conditions of the world are a, well, I guess we could say they're a, a kind of a combination of all of our internal mind states. The, the systemic oppression of black and brown 
people originates in the views, the attitudes, the unseen delusions of people. And so seeing those, taking the time to step back and see those will support and uh, I feel move us all in the direction of more uh, healthy relationships. So I just wanted to speak to that. It, uh, it has been kind of resonating in my mind, this inner and outer exploration, looking inward and at our own conditioning and also looking outward at the conditions in the world and seeing how they connect. And I do think that this time on this retreat will be a valuable support for that in your own life and in the way in which our practice inevitably connects to how we engage in the world. So just a few um, key points before the meditation, before we go into a meditation. A few key points to follow on from, uh, from Carol's instructions yesterday, Carol's guidance on the practice, the overview of the style of teaching. Now the instructions themselves are pretty simple. We relax the body and mind because that supports a very natural awareness. We don't try to make awareness happen. The relaxation of body and mind allows those processes, those natural human capacities to do their job. So we relax the body and mind and then begin to recognize, notice the awareness itself. Am I aware? What is that experience of awareness? And then noticing what awareness is aware of, what is obvious, what's here in this moment. and the light touch of persistence. Just enough effort in a moment to be with this moment and then doing it again and again and again. Each moment, are you aware? What's obvious, what's here? And then from time to time also Checking in, how am I in relationship to experience? Saito calls this checking the attitude. This checking the attitude is, uh, this is one of the pieces I want to just explore a little bit more this morning. Checking the attitude is important because how we are paying attention, how we are noticing experience may be embedded with or imbued with uh, habitual tendencies, attitudes 
of greed, of aversion, of confusion. And so our, our work is to begin to move in the direction of having an attitude where everything that arises is okay. And yet we don't try to uh, deny when there's a not okay perspective in the mind. Often these perspectives, these attitudes are kind of hidden from us because they're so habitual, because they're so embedded or ingrained in the way that we engage, we don't see them. And so the, the checking the attitude is a kind of a noticing what's here. We notice what's here. Oh, there's this happening right now, this experience, this thought, this mood, this body sensation, this sight, this sound. And how am I in relationship to that? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I want it to go away? Is there confusion about it, a belief, an identity in relationship to it, a sense of me and other, self and other? So those, those relationships often are not seen, but sometimes we can just simply kind of check in, well, how am I in relationship to this? And then some of those hidden attitudes can kind of come into the forefront, be revealed, be seen. And that helps the mind to begin to notice what's actually happening in the moment. When we do see an attitude, we see what's happening. Oh, and I'll, I also want to mention that a fourth, so the, the you know, basically, um, I just mentioned different kinds of attitudes that we could say are connected to greed, aversion, and delusion. Wanting something to happen, kind of a greedy attitude, the mind of greed in that. Wanting something to stop happening, not liking something, irritated by something, those attitudes of aversion, confusion, Spacing out, disconnection, beliefs, added, beliefs or views, identification, connected with delusion. And then there is another form of attitude, another attitude that Sayadaw would call wise attitude, right attitude. And that's the attitude that is okay with what's arising in the moment. But there's ease with whatever is happening. No problem. And so in, in the exploration of checking the attitude, being curious about, well, how am I in relationship to what's happening? You might discover or see a relationship of greed, aversion, or delusion. You might see that in the mind. But you also might see this okayness, the mind that, that is not disturbed by what's happening that experience of okayness can take a lot of different flavors. It might have the flavor of interest and curiosity. It might have the flavor of simply okay, it's not a problem. It might have the flavor of, of compassion or love. And so the, the flavors of, of that actually begin to point us to some of the wholesome qualities in the mind that develop as we practice. And so opening to the attitude is, is not just about opening to uh, kalesa, to reactive states of mind, of defilement, but
but also beginning to open to the wholesome states when the mind is okay with what's here. There's this thing happening and yeah, this is okay. What is it like for the mind to be okay with that? What's it like for the mind to have that sense of no problem? It's a pretty subtle experience. So seeing the attitude, seeing that as a part of what's happening, um, we don't have to do too much with that as we notice it, as we check in and see, oh, there is a relationship happening here. Simply allowing that to be part of the field of what we are aware of. We have become aware that this, um, there's this experience of some, maybe some physical discomfort, and then there's the not liking, the, the resistance, the aversion to it. Those are happening in the mind, those are happening simultaneously, the body and mind in relationship. that can be known. This is what it's like for a human being to be experiencing pain and not liking it. Can there be okayness with that? And so we get to wise attitude. Saito often says this. We, we find our way to wise attitude by getting to know unwise attitude really well, by not resisting it, by not trying to, to fight it, but opening to it in a different way. When those uh, unwise attitudes, when the attitudes uh, connected with greed, aversion, and delusion are embedded or hidden in our mind, where they're not conscious, when we're not consciously aware of them, they are reinforcing themselves. They are simply, they're kind of like they're driving the show. We are acting out of them. But when we can become aware of them and, and hold them with this kind of curiosity, oh, what's it like to be a human being experiencing aversion to something unpleasant? That's what's happening. That's a whole different relationship to that experience. And that's where a transforming can happen. And so seeing these relationships, seeing these unwise attitudes is not a problem. It's actually how the practice deepens, how we begin to uh, gain the wisdom that frees the mind. So just a couple more pieces about attitude. Um, you know, these attitudes might be in relationship to some particular experience, like you know, the sight, the sound, the smell, whatever's happening in our, in our experience. And that's one of the kind of big categories of relationship that we might have. But another big uh, category of relationship is attitudes that we have about the meditation itself, about what's supposed to be happening, about how we think we're doing. So these maybe we could look at as agendas for the meditation. So this is another kind of relationship to be curious about. Not only the attitudes about what's happening in, uh, in the um, experience, but also what's happening in relationship to what I'm doing here, which is meditation. Do I have any beliefs or ideas or views about what is supposed to be happening? So 
through this uh, exploration around attitude, becoming aware of a filter or view through which we're paying attention, or maybe becoming aware of that okayness, of that wise attitude. So let's sit together and I'll offer some reflections or like a guided meditation. And again, remembering to keep it simple. Starting with some relaxation, relaxing the body. Consciously relaxing the body, perhaps. Checking in where there may be tension and allowing there to be a relaxation. Remembering how relaxation supports this natural capacity for awareness. Relaxing the body, a condition that supports a relaxed mind. And when the mind is relaxed, when it's not pulled into thoughts, worries, concerns about the past, the future, or the present, it's very naturally aware of what's happening. So relax the body. Allowing the body to relax. Allowing the mind to relax. As the body and mind relax, noticing Is there awareness? Are you aware? Tasting, touching that quality of being aware, as Carol spoke about yesterday, that sense of just knowing, aware. It may not be quite clear how you know that you're aware, but that's okay. Figuring it out is, yes, I'm aware that that is happening. And what does awareness receive? What is awareness aware of? It is obvious in this moment. receiving experience rather than choosing or directing the attention. Maybe having a sense of what what is coming to you. 
Relax. What is obvious? Maybe something really simple like this body sitting here or a breath or a sound, the sound of my voice perhaps, the silence between words. Moods, emotions. A light touch of effort. Each moment, just enough effort to be with this. Whatever this is. And then perhaps the attention shifts, picks up on something else. We're sitting here aware of a breath and then there's a sound that happens and we become aware of that. We don't have to fight that shift, just being aware. Oh, attention on this now. What's that like to be receiving that? Just enough effort to be with this. In one sutta or teaching A being came to the Buddha and asked the Buddha, how did you cross the flood? The flood referring to the stream of greed, aversion, delusion that arises in our minds. And the Buddha responded, by neither tarrying nor hurrying, I crossed the flood. That image, neither tarrying nor hurrying, has been very supportive for me in this light touch of effort. Each moment, what's arising in this moment? Not tarrying with it, not holding on to it, not sticking to it, just being with it for it this moment. Also not rushing past it, not hurrying, not reaching for something else. Each moment, neither tarrying nor hurrying. Just this. Remembering relaxation.
Are you aware? What is obvious? It's gentle persistence. Supporting the stabilizing of mindfulness. From time to time, checking in, what is the connection, the relationship to what's happening? Do you want something to happen, to keep happening? Do you want something to stop happening? Is there confusion, belief about what should be happening? Maybe it's okay. No problem. If there is some relationship that is revealed, just allowing that to be included in the field. Of awareness. And what's now? What's happening now? Being aware of this. Are you aware? What is obvious? Just this, this moment, this experience. Neither tarrying nor hurrying. The mind will wander. 
This is a natural part of the conditions in our minds. But an equally naturally natural part of the conditions is that mindfulness will return at some point. In that moment when mindfulness returns, that's actually a great moment. Mindfulness returned of its own nature and you didn't have to do it. An effortless moment of mindfulness arose. Can you take in that awareness is here in this moment? Aware again. It's a great moment to begin to really get that flavor of what it's like to be aware when awareness returns. And in that moment, too, the mind in that moment will have been shaped by what had been happening when it was wandering. And so that's worth becoming aware of. How is the mind now in this moment having been wandering? What has been the effect of the wandering? And how is that being experienced right now? Sometimes after the mind wanders, the mind has wandered into habits and patterns familiar, arguing, or wanting. And so maybe there's a flavor of that, of, of greed or tension or tightness. Maybe that's what's there. That's okay. Can that be known? And sometimes, more than you might think, when the mind wanders, it can wander in to calm, to ease. And so that too might be the consequences of the mind wandering. Sometimes when we come back from a wandering, we might notice there's actually more ease, more relaxation. If we're judging ourselves for the wandering, we will miss that that has happened. Noticing the effect of what the wandering has created. And also noticing the possibility of the effortless quality in that moment of the mindfulness returning.
relax. Recognize awareness. Are you aware? It is obvious. Receiving experience.
So while we don't have a, um, a schedule of sit, walk, sit, walk for this retreat, we do want to encourage you to 